strong coach. Leo had just been through it. He'd come out with his Steel Mace Flow certification and I saw the growth. Um, and I looked at that and I was like, wow, that like that's the kind of growth that I want. And then I listened to the Strong Coach podcast and heard these coaches talk and went, oh, that, that's who I want to be. I want to be at that level. Uh, so I... I booked a, a discovery call first. First, I texted Leo and was like, "Yo, I'm thinking about the strong coach, but I'm scared because money." And he he replied, "Ben, fuck that money. You have it for a reason." What's up, podcast? Welcome to the show. My name is Danny Cola. On this episode, I get to interview Ben Walker. He is a certified strong coach and a steel mace flow instructor. I'm very excited because this weekend I'm going to. The Honored Academy in Austin, Texas, taking a steel mace workshop by Leo Savage. I'm going to connect with him. And uh, it's interesting because Built by Ben here is a steel mace flow instructor. And he kills it with his movement on his Instagram. Check him out, at Built by Ben. And on this podcast, nonetheless, we talked about his journey to uh, basically realizing what he really wants to do and how he could really contribute and add value to the world and um, it was a fun conversation we geeked out over the mysteries of the cosmos really is what it comes down to at the end of the day it was a fun conversation and i am glad to have crossed paths with with ben so uh, check out his instagram and check out his website builtbybenfitness.com in the show notes and enjoy this podcast let's connect on instagram at danny cole fitness peace Built by Ben, man. What's up? Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I love your office, by the way. You were telling me that that's your childhood background, childhood uh, backyard, and the giving tree right over there. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, spent, you know, my my entire, all the way up until I went to college, playing in this backyard, climbing nice. this epically huge maple tree, and it's coming full circle and now at 27 i'm playing in my backyard and i'm probably gonna go climb that tree later hey dude i love that um so i'm just looking at your instagram and uh you said that you were gonna make a transformation you said that you were looking to become a strong coach by or a certified strong coach coach by 2020 and that you went from somebody who had you know, this idea didn't have anything really going for yourself. And then, you know, you put yourself to this goal. Like, where did that come from? Talk to me about that juiciness right there. Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, long story. I'm, uh, I went to school for musical theater. So I've been oh. an actor since I was eight years old. Um, and that's always been what I was pursuing. Got like got my college degree in it. That's what I did for the first four years out of school. Interesting. Wait, then, uh, let's let's stop there because I fucking love music. All right, I'm not <laughs> like a, I'm not a musician. I mean, I I used to be in a band when I was younger, but then they tell me to stop singing because I didn't I didn't have it. Right, I didn't have the innate ability to sing. So tell me a little bit about your musical background first before we kind of unpack the whole coach thing because I like that. Uh, what kind oh, of sure. have you done? What are you seeing? Dance, act, all of it? All three. Um, grew, I've grown up, I grew up in a musical family. My mom, everyone sings. Mom plays piano. Dad plays guitar. We always, when we went to church, we'd always play in the the mass band. We had the 1230 mass band because 1230 was the cool mass. Awesome. Where we played the fun music. Um, 
and then when I was, when my sister was six and I was eight, she did this youth opera workshop and I saw her do it and I thought, huh, that looks pretty cool. And I did it the next year and I haven't stopped since I've done, this is actually 2019 is going to be the first year since I was eight years old where I haven't done a show. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I've done, trying to think. Susical, Les Mis, Drowsy Chaperone. I did Beauty and the Beast on tour for two years. West wow. Side Story, a whole, a whole bunch of shows. Okay, so this is big time. This isn't just messing around. You're a legit musician that's been touring, that's been making big time shows all over the place. That's pretty amazing, man. So, um, I mean, how how did that impact you? To well, first of all. Were you happy doing that? Is that something that was like something you wanted to do for the rest of your life? Like why thinking about change? I was happy. And then, um, so there's most of the work I'd done up until the point where I made the change was non-union work. Uh And then when you join the actor's union, there's then, you're not allowed to do non-union work. The thing is then also there are, the competition level is higher because whereas when I was 25, I was competing against a bunch of 25 year olds, then join the union and 25 or 26 competing against 30 to 40 year olds for the same parts. Mm. So, and they were all like, they would have Broadway credits. So like no way I would stand a chance. There was a lot of building that needed to be done. Um, and then what, what I noticed as I started getting some union work was there was so much focus on the business part. Mm. Um, like actors in, in inherently have very little power. It's, it's up to someone else. If we get a part, it's up to someone else, how we play that part. Mm. Um, so then as soon as you give an actor a teeny bit of power, they milk it for all it's worth. Mm. Um, so there'd be, you know, like watching the clock, be like, Oh, well we have a five, we are, we're due for a five in, in 30 seconds. So they better, they better get on that. And it, it sucked all the fun out of it because I, like, I got into it. I didn't get into it to make money. I got into it because I love doing theater and to have fun. Mm. And I, I booked this string of work where it was show after show was uninspiring. Show after show was, had really jaded people. Um, and I got, I got pretty disenchanted with what, what my dream was becoming because mm-hmm. that wasn't doing that stuff. Wasn't my dream. Watching the clock. Wasn't my dream. Yeah. Worrying about this regulation and that regulation. Wasn't my dream. Getting on stage in front of a couple hundred to a couple thousand people and singing and dancing and expressing myself was my dream. And that wasn't happening. Uh-huh. Um, to the point even where like I booked uh, two shows at this theater that I'd had on a pedestal. It was like one of the best regional theaters in the country. And I'd had it on a pedestal since I was a freshman in college. And then I got there, I was like, yes, this is gonna be awesome. And there was just as much bullshit as anywhere else. Yeah, dude, I could totally relate to that shit. Yeah, so it, it got to the, and then I was like doing the show, feeling really uninspired. I actually, I timed myself once and cumulatively, this uh, last show I did, I spent an hour just sitting in my dressing room reading across, over the course of the show. It was like, hey, I read a bunch of books. It was great, but like, that's not what I was there for. So, um, and then I found myself missing all this fitness stuff. Like I, I, 
I'm, I'm really into the steel mace. And then like on it finally came to do something in New York city. And it was when I was going to be in the, in the middle of nowhere doing this show. So I was looking at all this fitness stuff I was missing out on. And I'm going, wait, if I'm living my dream right now, cause on paper I was, then why do I feel like I'm missing out on stuff? Yeah, totally. And that was very telling to me. And it was right around then, um, that, uh, I know Serena had been through the, the steel, the, that's the kind of growth that I want. And then I listened to the strong coach podcast and heard these coaches talk and went, Oh, that, that's who I want to be. I want to be at that level. Interesting. Uh, so I, I booked a, a discovery call first. First, I texted Leo and was like, yo, I'm thinking about the strong coach, but I'm scared because money. And he, he replied, Ben, fuck that money. You have it for a reason. It's so true, so, bro. It, exactly. It's, it's like just holding on to it for what? Well, I wasn't holding on to it for any specific reason, just because I liked seeing that number in my savings account. I wasn't doing anything with it. So I did something with all of it. It cost literally every penny I had to join the strong coach. Uh, so I was, I was broken, unemployed for a while. And then very quickly, like within, within two or three months, I'd made it all back. And then some to the point where I could then invest in training camp for the soul, which is twice as expensive. And I didn't have to go broke to do that. Totally. That's awesome, man. Fuck. Um, so you go, you go from musician, singing, dancing, acting, uh, so obviously you want to make an impact on people through self-expression, through creation. And, um, it sounds like to me, like ultimately you want to find, you want to help people find what you have, what you've been expressing your entire life. And that's something super special. I'm super glad we got to connect. So why the mace? What has it done for you so far? Oh man. So the, it, it was, it was one of those things where, like I, I grabbed it. I got taught how to do a 360 and I was hooked. I would yeah. go at the time I was apprenticing at a gym um, and I would go to my Airbnb from that gym and daydream about what I was going to do with the mace when it went back. <laughs> and I was pouring over Eric Milan's videos, Leo's videos, anything I could find on, um, on Instagram, anything I could find on YouTube. It's, it's something like I can't, I don't really know can't put a finger on what exactly it was that spoke to me because my own practice has evolved like the stuff i'm doing now with the mace i didn't even consider three years ago yeah what uh what type of working out were you doing when you were dancing um i was doing what was i doing i was powerlifting. really yeah there was there was a period so i finished um because the the because what like when i was on tour i was on tour for two years living mostly on a bus and in hotels and we'd have gym deals so a lot of that it was like i just need to my body needs to move because i've been sitting on a bus for the last eight hours mm. uh and you know i know that i can make some healthy choices with my food but sometimes there's just a mcdonald's and that's what you got to do yeah so a lot of it was was mostly focused on damage control and and having and having fun with the workouts um and then i got off tour and i was like wow i've got i've got all this time because it used to be i'd be under a clock like okay we're here we've got like two hours and then we got to go to company meetings so someone get an uber and we're going to the gym <laughs> uh 
and then I found myself with all this time and I thought, well, what, what have I always wanted to do? So I, I picked some numbers, some powerlifter numbers. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to hit these. So I spent a year doing that. And it was uh, right around the beginning of that, that I also found the mace. So I started combining the mace into, um, I was doing five, three, one. And I started adding the mace into that or taking like my rest days or whenever there's a deload week in five through one, I do a lot of mace stuff uh, instead. So still being very active. And it was a lot of combining, just finding ways where I could plug the mace in. Yeah. You can plug it in anywhere all the time. Like exactly between sets. I mean, it's really interesting. I, I, very similar to you. I didn't, I didn't power lift, but I did like, you know, bodybuilding type splits. I went from doing like single body parts from when I was like 18, 19, 20 to like ended up doing more like push pull full body type shit. And then, you know, like you pick those numbers, where did you pick those numbers from? Like, oh, I want to do 500 pounds and then you end up benching or, or deadlifting 500 pounds, benching 300 pounds and yeah. then your elbows start hurting. And then it's like, how, how, how much longer can I do this? You know what I mean? Yeah. It was more like I, I could have done it for longer. Cause I, I did, I picked, I mean, it was kind of arbitrary. It was like deadlift 500 squat, 405 bench, 315 overhead press 200. Yeah. Um, and I hit all, I hit three of them. I did, I didn't get the overhead press. Um, but it was like overhead I, press is heavy. It's heavy. Yeah. Yeah. And I, my over, my overhead press strength has always been disproportionate to my other lifts. So that one, that one just needed more time. Um, when I got there, I was like, okay, these numbers I've been chasing check. What next? Like, I didn't really like I yeah. deadlifted 525. And I was like, okay, I don't really care that much about 600. So what else, like, what else can I do? How did that impact your dancing? I mean, you're, 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 you're lifting fairly heavy. You're doing like, I mean, it's their, their, their compound movements. So your range of motion is probably good, but then again, it's limited, right? Like when you're dancing, you're all over the place in different planes mm -hmm. of motion. But then when you're doing these functional movement patterns, it's just, you know, those same repetitive motions, rep after rep, after set, after set, and then lifting heavy how did you have a, a flexibility routine that you incorporated and did you think that there were transitional gains made from lifting heavy to your dancing or vice versa L lifting heavy to the dancing for sure especially like right after i hit all those prs i did a production of west side story which is like it's i mean it's it, the, the the story itself is romeo and juliet set in the upper west side of new york city in like the 50s and it's you know kids run two gangs fighting kids running and jumping and dancing so a lot of that show is very physical and very athletic so i got there's this one there's this scene uh, at the end of act one where my character had a knife fight with another character that was like 10 minutes long and sure i was out of breath but i was not like i never came close to the point of like i don't know if i can do this Mm. Um, and you know, I never, I never, I never felt that my, my flexibility or my mobility was, was severely impacted by the lifting. I get, I mean, it's probably because around that same time I was doing mace stuff. So mace stuff. So every time, anytime I had a super heavy, heavy compound lift day that was soon counteracted with lighter weight and more flowing movements. Sure. sure. 
plus going in and auditioning all the time or like a lot of the time I, while I was training for that, I was in a show. So I'd be doing that and then also moving around a lot. Right. Already a fairly. But it did actually, it actually helped a lot because towards the end I played Gaston in Beauty and the Beast. So I, I needed, I needed that extra bulk. Sure. For that. Yeah. Fuck yeah. No, that's cool. You don't typically hear people using mace and powerlifting simultaneously because like they're, it, it attracts two different people, but then like, this is why I'm doing the podcast and having conversations with guys like you to like create awareness of this. Like it's such a great tool that you could supplement with any type of default movement pattern that will ultimately help you increase your numbers or dance better or become more mobile, become more flexible, become a better runner. It just makes you more aware because you're intending to move in a certain way or, or creating movement with flow patterns or whatever the heck it is. Like it's such a great tool that incorporates any direction of fitness. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's a great, um, cause like you take steel mace flow, for example, which is the, the education system that I, that I teach for. Um, it, it, it pairs so well with, with heavy barbell movements. Cause it's, you know, everyone has heard this yoga practitioners need to strength train power lifters need to do yoga. Totally. So steel mace can blur the line between that. So then people who are super into powerlifting, super into hitting those really big lifts, they can go to the mace and still still feel that intensity with the added benefit of using the patterns in steel mace flow of exploring ranges that their body isn't used to. Totally. And maybe they find like, oh, when my leg's in that position, it's hard for me to extend my arm out. That means there's, there's something I can get stronger at. And yeah. they're able to, to balance, balance like the, the masculine and feminine there of super heavy lifts and then expressive flowy movement. Totally. And, I, and that's another like message that I'm trying to get out there. It's like sometimes our body, you no, know, all the time, our body doesn't understand the difference of like that physical stress. And if we're under physical stress all the time, then we're just burning and or not burning but utilizing more neurological energy than we have to right we're under this sympathetic state of being basically and that's why i like the mace and doing kettlebell flows and body weight flows because it's like it's movement meditation it, it switches my nervous system to fight or flight to more relaxed and calm and i really feel from that standpoint energy is flowing through you in its purest format you get the clearest ideas you you're just more optimistic you have an enhanced mood and energy levels are just high and uh you can create and heal from within and i i'm very passionate about that message and like, that's why I love talking to guys like you and other mace coaches out there because uh, it's an important message that we need to dissect and get people to understand, you know? And, the- and I love, I love that you brought up creation because that, that is, that's a huge part of steel mace flow and it's a huge part of the strong coach. And it's because creating something from thin air, something that doesn't have a physical existence yet is a, a unique human ability. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, if you read Sapiens by Yuval Noah Harari, he's, he says that that's one of the reasons we got here because we can look at an empty space and go, I'm going to put a house there. We right. can look at, a, at an island and go, I'm going to build like the motherfucker of all cities right here. And what, like whether we know it or not, we all have an inherent desire, an inherent need 
to create. And some people find that in the barbell. Some people find that on the yoga mat, the dance studio, um, a Pilates studio, or out in a field with a mace. Yeah. Um, and whatever, like it's, it's, it, and then it ties into a lot of disorders right now. A lot of problems that people are coming into like hospitals with are actually problems of despair because they have despair in their life because they're working this dead end nine to five job. They don't have any, any kind of creative outlet. And then as soon as you put a mace in their hands and say, Hey, you can do this step. You can do that step. You can swing like this. You can see their eyes light up. Yeah, it's cool. And if, if more people had that kind of experience, the entire vibration level of humanity would go up exponentially. Dude. Fuck. Yeah. Amen. Like you ever, uh, you ever read, uh, Joe Dispenza's work he talks about like, uh, the heart mind coherence so that when you're, yeah. when you're meditating that, you, you know, you constantly recall feelings of inspiration, joy, love, passion, thoughtfulness, gratitude, right. Just constantly recalling those things and reconditioning your brain to say, Oh, what are those thoughts and feelings that get me to, to feel this way? Right. And then those in turn create new thinking patterns that you get more inspired about. And then what? You get these ideas. And then you're like, oh, this idea is coming from a loving place. It's going to add value to me and my inherent community, which is going to have like this profound, you know, uh, ripple effect. And then boom, something like a computer is created because I think there needs to be something that connects everybody all over the world. Boom. How do we figure this out? And that goes for all creation. And to get us thinking those thoughts in our unique ways, we find exercising with this uh, offset tool, which, you know, crazily strengthens the spine and, you know, life goes through the spinal cord. And when we're balanced physically, like I said, or, and also like in more of a calm, relaxed state, that energy flows us, flows through us in its purest format. And then, you know, that cycle continues. And you said elevating vibration of people all over the place. I'm all in on that. That's why I'm so excited about like doing workshops, creating workshops because people that get together that talk about this shit elevates everything and bigger things are done at scale. And I think that's fucking amazing, you know? And it's, it's that, it's that interpersonal stuff. That's my favorite part of these workshops. Like the education's cool. Uh, and you know, it definitely helps me grow, but it's getting like having that moment of, Oh my gosh, we're actually meeting it. I've been watching you on Instagram for the last two years. This is yeah. so cool. Yeah. Uh, because so much of the, the community that's being built is on Instagram and other social media platforms, totally. which is like, it's easy to, to trick yourself into thinking that commenting back and forth with people is social interaction, but your body doesn't recognize that. Right. It's, it's just, well, I'm tapping, I'm tapping this screen a whole bunch of times. Yeah, that's all. That's all I'm doing. So then like to actually have the opportunity to come together and share the physical space with someone it's cool. is huge. And it's amazing to watch this tool and the practice bring people together like that. Yeah, I love talking about that. I love talking about that. It's, it's crazy. And I feel like, you know, the more we send that message, the more it will I feel like the mace will become more mainstream. Like you hear like gyms like Equinox starting to bring it to more of the forefront. And, you know, when people want more information, they're going to go to guys like 
you. They're going to go to guys like Leo. They're going to go to Isik. They're going to go, you know, listen to this podcast because we're talking about all these high level feelings of wellness and, you know, right. Creation, healing from within. Like this is what people are looking for in a society that is, you know, sometimes too material driven. And that, that leads to sickness. It leads to disease. It leads to negative thought patterns and behaviors. And, you know, that's just not as fun as what we're talking about, like expressing out of love and creation. <laughs> Fun's the point. Yeah. You're not having fun. You're doing it wrong. Yeah, totally. Um, do you, so talk to me about like what you're, what you're doing now. Like what, what specifically are you doing as a strong coach at teaching steelmates flow? Are you doing workshops, one-on-ones online? Like what's your way of, of structuring this? Okay. Uh, it's, it's all, it's all in flux. And yes, the, the strong coach did just make it take a, a big shift. Um, so where I'm at right now is, uh, I'm an, an instructor for steelmates flow. Cool. So I teach the certifications um, currently teaching online certifications through that as well. Cool. And then um, lead coach for class 10 of the strong coach, which is going on right now. And then I also have a few in-person clients and a class that I teach in actually this week is the last uh, week that I'm doing that in New York city. And then everything else is online from video steel mace lessons to coaching and mentoring calls so it's all, it's all just, it exploded into this crazy picture that I had no idea it was going to. That's it's cool. All happened, it's like, I've, that's why I started calling it the, the strong coach rocket ship. Cause it, it feels like three, two, one. Whoa, here we go. It's like when like pressing the button for light speed and you get you thrown back against the chair. You talk, you're talking about DMT now, bro. <laughs> that's what you're talking so about. So I'm told. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. What's the name of the, the, the strong coach, um, the, the the main CEO. He was on Paul Check's podcast. That's Mike Bledsoe. Mike Bledsoe. That's who he is. Um, yeah, talk to me about some of the principles of Strong First and why they or strong not strong first, strong coach and uh, some of the things that attracted you to them. So the 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 biggest I'd say I guess that you could say the flashiest principle of the strong coach is to be unreasonable because you can come up with any number of reasons why, why something's not going to work or yeah. why you're not going to do something. And those, those reasons that you come up with are going to sit you right down in your chair and keep you exactly where you are. If you're, and the thing is too, those reasons are often reinforced by society or people telling you, Oh, you should get a job that's more reliable or you sure. can't do that whole thing online. Sure. And, we're and you learn, yeah, exactly. It's like Don Miguel Ruiz says, the, the dream of the planet or the dream of society, like that's dreams that someone else is telling you. It's not yours. So by being unreasonable, you, you look at your life currently and then go, how, like, what are my actual dreams? Like we have an exercise that uh, the coaches do in the first week called your perfect day, where you write in detail what your ideal day is, like, uh, what time you wake up, where you are, what kind of house you live in, what kind of coffee you drink in the morning, what your business looks like, what, your, what a day in your business looks like, who you wake up with, all of those things. And then you look at that and you go, okay, that's what I want. How can I make that a possibility? 
so then from this this unreason like and I, I always tell people you can you can make cast an unreasonable vision where you ride to work on a unicorn every day. Like that's the level of unreasonableness yeah, that, well, that, that, that we just, strive for. That, yeah, well that uh that exercise is great because it has no barriers, right? And when it's got no barriers and you don't constrict somebody, then you can let them kind of like navigate the novelty in their brain. And like, that's not accepted. We don't exactly, it's not accepted. And we are, we have the ability to do that. The innate capability to create that, whatever it is, like some people are just sometimes looking for permission to go there, you know, we don't get it. We get, we become conditioned to, our regular thought patterns and conditioned and addicted to those shitty feelings of anxiety and stress. And we look for it and we find ways to justify those feelings. And, you know, yesterday equals tomorrow. We fucking just sit there in the same position as we do because we can't get beyond those things. And, uh, yeah, I fucking love that. So that attracts me to strong coach. I gotta, I gotta figure out who that person is. I got to contact so I can have another podcast for sure. Oh, Mike Bledsoe, Danny Rios definitely got to get them on the show because they're fonts of information and hey class 11 starts in like three weeks if you want in <laughs> where is it uh, it's it's remote it's online oh cool yeah so the i mean the way we do it is there's it's 12 weeks and there's a module video for each week with some journaling assignments and exercises to go along with it and then there's a weekly group call where the coach uh for this class it's me class 10 it's me um and we coach on whatever comes up for that module whatever the coach is struggling with pointers on their business where can you go from here and often it ends up turning turning much more into because the first half of the program is is self-development getting your own house in order and and getting right getting accurate with reality so that you can do the business work later like you, like it's, it's very difficult to come up with an offer unless we've addressed your, your relationship with money. Even more difficult to ask for, for that money if you have a, an unhealthy relationship with money. So there's a lot of things that we work on with people in those group calls. And then, where was I going with this? And then there's also mentors who have been through the program already that each coach gets assigned and they have one-on-one calls with that mentor to provide additional support. So it's great because we can do it from anywhere. Like I'm, I'm coaching from my backyard in New Jersey. Tomorrow I'm going to coach a one from uh, my car when I park it in New York city. And then I'm flying to San Diego for the rest of the year and I'm going to coach it from there. So it, it allows for, for a lot of freedom. And then even with the coaches we have, we've got, we've got one right now who's in Dubai, one who's in Bali, one who's in England. They're, they're all over the place. And so we're able to, to have a really wide reach and make a really big impact in the fitness community internationally. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. That sounds like fucking shit I want to be involved with. <laughs> come, come, come aboard the, the unreasonable rocket ship. It's a blast. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, for sure. Let's let's get more information about that after the the show is done, and then cool. uh, we can talk more. Because, dude, I, it's in my DNA, right? It's in my fucking DNA to coach, to be a mentor, uh, to teach. And uh, I thought that that was going to be the path that I was going to take uh, by teaching high school. You know, so uh, I've been tr- a personal trainer and group exercise instructor since '07, 
And then I went and I taught in the high school uh, industry around the south side of Chicago and a couple like uh, suburban schools. And I had a hard time finding my place. And I feel because I'm very like passionate, enthusiastic. I like to question things. And uh, there's a lot of red tape in corporate academia. And it just didn't fit for me, you know? So now I'm on this path of like going all in on the podcast and, and building my one-on-ones and building my workshops, my steel mace one-on-one workshops. And um, like, it's just something that's in my soul that just, I do, you know what I'm saying? So to be around as many guys like you and interact with as many people as you do about this type of stuff that fucking really, you know, gets me rock hard, then uh, that sounds like a good idea to me. What is it about teaching that that gets you so fired up? Oh, the fact that you make the, the like such a positive inspirational like impact on people, you know, and like that legitimately uh, like whatever conversation is taking place that impacts somebody that gets them to say, aha, or like, wow, I never thought of something like that. It can really impact the trajectory, the trajectory of their life in such a positive like way that that, that to me has ultimate ripples because they're going to influence people that they come about in a positive way. And that all started with maybe something you said or a, a, a seed that you planted. And just to do that over and over again, like there's nothing more rewarding than that. Like I've had money. I've not had money. I felt the same, right? And like, I want to do more of those types of things because that's how you can impact on a cosmic scale. Like that to me really makes me feel like, woo, okay, life is really fun, you know? And then like just building that community and just having a resource, uh, like a, a plethora of resources for people to kind of go to when they need help because like life is hard, man. Like we're all trying to figure it out no matter how well we got it figured out. We're still like constantly trying to figure it out always and ask deeper and meaningful questions. And um, like, that's what, like, that's what I'm built for. That's what's like, that's what, that's what drives me inside every single day. And um, I just don't want to do anything else but that. And I don't want to fucking do nonsense things that makes me feel like I'm wasting away time. You know, like when I taught in high school, it's like, all right, we're playing floor hockey today. Like that's just because it's what the curriculum is. And like 50% of the kids are sitting around not doing anything like in jeans, like just barely making qualifications and like everybody passes, you know, everyone has to be careful about what they say and do. And I don't want to live like that for long. Like that just doesn't let me uh, shine as much of a light as I know that I can and I'm capable of. So like there are other ways to make this work and I'm trying to figure that out. What impact do you see these ripples having? Uh, I mean, all sorts of things, right? It can they can have somebody like have these thoughts about creation and how can I become uh, a better creator so that I could develop an, like on another level that I don't even conceive. You know, like I'm one guy that sees things in a certain way and I'm very open and I keep molding, but I'm just one person with like a, a finite amount of experience. But there are other people out there that grow up in a different mindset, in a different culture, a different way, that different things will impact them on another level and another scale. And then they see things completely differently than I did, but on a positive way. And, you know, they're having their own journey. So, like, a positive impact 
has like an infinite amount of positive ways that things can happen. And that's the type of thing I'm hoping for every single day, as opposed to sitting here and being like, well, the weather's shitty and the bears lost and it's Monday. And like, there's a million things that we can complain about, but why? Like life is so beautiful, you know? Plus I've had a lot of awesome opportunities and times where I felt like super euphoric on like, you know, something that I made or a concert that I went to or an experience I had with people or clients, right? Like seeing the, 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 the change in, in clients one-on-one in a team setting, it's fucking crazy amazing. And I just want people to like, know that these feelings exist. Go get them. What gets you so excited about seeing that change? Dude, I don't know. It's in my DNA. Like I just, uh, I live, I live in a happy, I live a happy life. I have an awesome wife. I have two dogs. Like I, I grew up with a lot of like love. My parents love me like crazy and like minimal trauma. And, you know, I have these skills. So let's, let's utilize them every single day. That's, that's, that's what, that's why, that's what I do. Like, and fuck it. This morning I woke up, I smoked some weed where I had another, like a podcast before this. I'm podcasting with you now. Like I don't want to have like only if I was sitting in like a, I don't know, like in like a, a chair that just molded to me then i got like water hanging out in front of me like that would only like make this better you know <laughs> but right now like i'm pretty good like it's perspective right <laughs> yeah and it's it's really cool to to hear all those things because everyone says uh like oh i want to help people okay let's dig deeper it's the the classic uh like someone comes in and they want to lose 10 pounds. Okay. Why do you want to lose 10 pounds? Right. Oh, I want to feel better. Okay. Why do you want to feel better? Well, because I'm getting married in six months. Oh, so you want to look good at your wedding. Right. Oh, so you want to be able to look when you're 80 years old, you want to be able to look back at your wedding pictures and go, damn, I looked good. Right. That's, that's a reason. So like the 10 pounds doesn't matter. So hearing, uh, actually I did a little strong coaching there. It's called the curiosity game. Yeah. So I, started I, I asking felt you it. questions. <laughs> I felt it. I felt it. I yeah. like it. And I like, it's cool. Cause that's when you find the really good stuff. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, why, why do you like coaching? What turns you on to it? There's there. Th- what's really cool is that the first level of it is there's, there's an element of performing still. Yes. Um, yes. it's, and especially in, in teaching a class, like even like as I'm casting all my remote uh, like 10, 10 year online coach visions. I still want to coach like uh, at least a class twice a week because I want the, that level of interaction and the performing. It's fun. It's, it's fun. really fun to do. I mean, especially um, a gym I worked at in New York city called Mark Fisher fitness was founded by actors and the clientele is primarily artists and people involved in theater. And our uniform is either a purple shirt with a logo or a ridiculous costume. So it, it like that was a fucking putting on a show. Every yeah. class was a show. That's cool. It, I, I loved that. It was so exciting. And then with that too, there, there's an element of, of puzzle solving with people. Cause it's someone comes to you with a problem and it's like, okay, what, what of my tools do I need to take out of my toolbox for this? How exactly do I need to use it? What questions do I need to ask? Um, How's that person going to respond? Exactly. That's the type of shit that we got to feel out, you know? Yeah. And it's total flow. 
Like I've, I've said some stuff in coaching calls where I have no idea where it came from. Yeah. And it just, it, it came out and the person goes, Oh, Oh my gosh. Yes. That's right. And I was like, cool. <laughs> Cause I, I don't know where that came from. Uh, I even had, I said something, I don't remember what I said, but I was on a call and some dude, I was in a, uh, outdoor cafe and some dude walking by turned around was like yo that's good (laughs) uh i like that that element of like finding those things because and then too um i was journaling about this recently of trying to figure out like what's like seven layers deep what's the why and a big part of it is whenever i'm coaching someone else i'm coaching myself too Yes, that's huge. Because you've all had that experience where you say something to someone and as soon as you say it, you're like, yes, me too. I need to do that. Or I'm not doing this right now and I need to. Um, and it's, it's like like the next level of self-improvement. You can be taught self-improvement and self-development. You can read it in books. You can get coached on it. That, like the, the next level is then being able to coach someone else on it because invariably you're going to butt up against someone who's exactly where you just were. Totally, man. And every, everything you say to them is going to be something that you either like used to implement and need to bring back or have always thought about implementing and haven't done it yet. So it's really, it's, it's like being a, because I, I worked on um, coming up with an identity for myself for what, how I wanted to show up in these, in the strong coach group calls. And it was that I am a conduit of growth and to, to be that conduit for other people and to also be that conduit for myself because every, everything I say also needs to come back to me. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm at right now. I need to, I think I need to do some more digging to figure out but where, where I'm at right now is that it's performing puzzle solving and radical self-development. Yeah, I'm interested in the whole radical self-development thing. But I think another why for me is, like, I want to know more about consciousness and reality. Like, I feel like at the end of the day, like, all of this is so that we could create a better reality for ourselves, right? And create things in solid form or create a connection or a fucking song or whatever. Like, that makes something manifest boom like magic like what the fuck is all this so like i always have those deeper fucking questions that really like make me go in circles sometimes and then i'll listen to a guy like paul check and he'll talk about uh, unconditional love being the source of everything and how like all these thought patterns and all these things that we do when we create comes from this crazy loving place you know, and what is that? Like, I think that ultimately is what God is, you know, it's on, it's unconditional love. And, um, like he was talking about how he, he was meditating on what love was. And then he talks about, uh, L being living a happy life. I don't know if you heard this one in, in one of the uh, yeah. the, series. Listening to him go off on this is crazy. Dude, it's, it's the so best. Cool to listen so, to. <laughs> You got this information. I'm going to, I'm going to interview him in December and I can't fucking. Oh, sick. That's so cool. I get all jacked (laughs) up. Yeah. So I get to interview him in December, but anyway, going back to what he was saying, like he was talking about L being living a happy, living a happy life. And he's like, soul, what does the, what does the O stand for? And he talks about zero and the zero point field and like 
unconditional love being everywhere and nowhere all at the same time. And, you know, um, at VE, he said he stood for volt electron. But anyway, what I'm getting to at when he's, when he's talking about a pendulum swinging at the zero, zero point, then I start thinking about a steel mace constantly just like going through these, these circular patterns. Right. And I'm like, that's connected to us. We're moving in these circular like patterns. A lot of people that incorporate steel mace moving and steel mace teaching, they talk about how like it's a creation thing and we're healing from within. And like, I'm wondering, does that have anything to do with why the steel mace is so awesome and why we're so connected to source and why this conversation keeps coming up? And I don't know, like, does anything that I just said there kind of like make you think at all? Oh, hell yes. Because uh, the first thing it made me think of is as above, so below. So it's, it's, it's like the, the mace is then a, a, what's the word? A metaphor for that, that pendulum. Yes. And you, us being the center. Yes. The, the, the eye of the hurricane there. Um, and that too, it, it would make sense that that's why so many people, me included, can't quite put into words what it is about the mace specifically because like flow can be found with any number of anything things. kettlebells body weight fucking dumbbells bar you name it people yeah. flow with it but there's something about the mace and that it's cool to think that it could be everyone's recognizing the same thing but i'd imagine a lot of us don't have the words to describe what we're experiencing it, it's a feeling of rightness. And the thing is, like, if you ever listen to anyone, like, on the level of Paul Check, he'll say, as soon as you say, like, try to describe words with, or God with words, you're wrong. Yes. Because you can't. Right. The Buddha went He's, silent when they asked what God was. Exactly. Because it's beyond words. So that's the thing with this, like, what, what I feel when I hit a really solid flow and you know the i'm the moves are just coming i can't put that into words right it it can only be experienced yeah fuck yeah dude and that i yeah well said but um i'm sorry my dogs are barking back there i don't know if you can hear them <laughs> just barely they're they i don't know what they see down there but uh they have the need to speak and um they're those and you want to talk about like consciousness and like souls and like animals and humans and shit. Like what the hell are dogs? And like, are oh they experiencing gosh. unconditional love? Like what the fuck? Like what kind of consciousness is that? And how does that connect with everything? I mean, not to go crazy completely off topic, but like, what the hell is that? Yeah. I have no clue. And it's why I always say I, if reincarnation is a thing, I want to be reincarnated as a dog, a rich person, specif specifically a gym dog. <laughs> Cause everyone loves on the gym dog. That's true. That that's the dog that I want to get that's reincarnated true. as. So I've, I've thought that I've thought that so many times, especially when, when I'm getting weighed down by these, these existential questions, it's like, Oh man, couldn't I just be a dog and like <laughs> run around and love everybody and just not care about this shit because it's yeah. driving me crazy. Sometimes it drives us fucking crazy. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. So, hey, question. Um, you said that you were involved in church and, like, uh, like, youth groups and stuff at the beginning of the podcast. 
like how what's your what's your view on religion and god and like all that as you talk about self-development and connection to the source and connection to the whole like what's your view on it what you what what did it used to be if anything is it has it has it developed has it grown like where are you at with that talk and that type of identification so i grew up catholic um and was for me it was initially i guess because i you know i didn't I didn't yet have the the experience level to know the questions to ask. Um, I would go through the motions. And I was like, yeah, I got my first communion. I'm so excited. Um, and then it eventually like that, I became aware of the going through the motions and, you know, we stand up here, we kneel down here. We say this phrase where like, I don't even know the words. I'm just making sounds with my mouth um, that are all running together. And so basically when, when I went away to college and didn't have uh, anyone saying, Hey, we're going to church now. I stopped going. Um, and where I'm at now is really still figuring some things out as far as religions go. Like I, I can recognize that there is, you know, a force whether you want to call it God, Allah, Chi, the Force. I like to call um, it the Source. Yeah, something something like that. Some I, I I prefer to use secular language. I agree to describe it, um, because that because I don't want to seem like I'm coming from any one religious direction. Because right. two, I I look at those I look at religions and it's it's like everyone's saying the exact same thing with a couple like different inflections mm -hmm. because um, I mean, even like, and you can see like the, it, it's, it's because you can see like the, the way that ideas cross paths, like Marcus Aurelius never met the Buddha, but they had so many similar ideas. Yeah. And a lot of those ideas have been carried over into Christianity and it's like, I, I, it's never sat with me that like, oh, because, because you pray in a synagogue and I pray in a church, that means you're going to hell. That never made any sense to me. No. Right. I, I never like that. To me, that goes like against what a religion would teach. Cause if it I, like, to me that that's a petty God. Totally. Like, oh, you didn't, you didn't like do this hand gesture oh well you can't come you can't come play yeah. in my clubhouse then that's really just, yeah that's, <laughs> to me that's like people's insecurities coming out through religion but at the end of the day they're developed so that people can have a better connection to source like in just like the plainest terms possible it's a connection to source and like something that's bigger than us you know like they say let the universe take control 20 percent of the way like let the grace be to the universe every so often like it's the same type of energy and that's what it all is any, any anyway it's just a, a yeah. different type of energy that's all and especially when you can take so much religious doctrine and rephrase it secularly and it makes total sense yeah like jesus on the cross forgive them father for they know not what they do secularly is that person's not conscious enough and they're they're acting they're acting unconsciously they're reactionary so give them some grace because yeah. some like one of their buttons just got pushed 
let let them work it out right and don't take it personally right um and and stuff like like it, it's too it's it's funny to me like uh, there are some things from the bible that i totally agree with and like to quote and someone will be like that's from the bible like they're they're trying to one-up me or something yeah. but it's like oh okay i don't like i don't need to believe in a in any kind of religious doctrine to to also believe you shouldn't build your house on sand or that you should take the log out of your own eye before you get the speck out of your neighbors. Yeah, totally. Like all, all of those things, like they're, it's still totally possible to look at that and understand it without then also having to go, well, I'm Jewish, I'm Muslim, I'm Hindu or anything like that. All of those things, they all interrelate and they're all true. Yeah. <laughs> That's no, the they're, thing. They're, they're we're all, all we're all at the end of the day, like I said earlier, we're all more alike than we are different. Fuck, we're just on the human tree, bro, and we're all looking to connect to source. That's all it is. Exactly, and it's like as long as, like, in a nutshell, it's believe whatever the hell you want, as long as you don't tell me what to believe. Totally, totally. Because like, who if 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 I'm abiding by you know my own creed that happens to line up with the creed of some other religion, I just don't like go through the same motions or don't say that I worship a God, then like, what's the problem? We're going to live pretty much exactly the same. There's a lot of shit, dude, that gets lost in translation. And then, you know, people identify with certain ways and they identify a certain emotion with the way they identify, like as far as like a culture or religion or whatever. And like when ego gets involved, somebody says, Oh, Hey, no, that's that. Someone gets offended. And it's just like, it's just too much unnecessary shit. So like what you're saying, it's better off that we like, just so that we can communicate effectively, let's not tie ourselves to anything that has a name that has a fucking history because you know, it's going to piss people off. And our intention at the end of the day is to help people grow and develop. And when we start knocking on whatever it is for whatever beliefs and how you grew up now, things start to get like just negative. And that's not good. That's not fun. Yeah. That takes away from the fun. Anyway. And then there, there's no, actually, that, that just made me think of something really good. So there's this book I'm reading called The Second Mountain, mm -hmm. um, which is, is about you're climbing your first mountain of your life. You're doing a thing, working towards your goal, and you get to the top and you go, fuck, this was the wrong mountain. And then you <laughs> got to go back down. You got to find, find the next mountain and use what you've learned climbing the first one on the second yeah. one. And one of the things it talks about is um, like from a philosophy and a religion perspective, like especially these days, a lot of people are placing their identity in things like politics, or maybe they're placing it in their physical practice. And the problem is those are not things that are built to hold that. Mm. To then, because that's the problem is then you place your identity as a power lifter, and then if someone else is getting results as a crossfitter, it's like, oh well, does that make my thing wrong? Or in like how you swing a mace or how you swing a kettlebell, and you can see it happening in the fitness industry so much, like every tool there's these different factions and these different to use um you all know noah harari's definition of religion where it's belief in a superhuman power mm -hmm. it's placing belief in in all these different superhuman powers to the point where someone who believes in a different superhuman power you you can't handle that because then that somehow makes yours wrong but it doesn't they all exist harmoniously 
Totally. And we're all the same fucking thing. Yeah. And ultimately, all we're doing at the end of the day is pretending to do physical labor. Because we don't do that anymore. We sit in chairs. Yes. It's like to, to have to pull out and have the bigger perspective because there's I've watched, I mean, with, with so many different fitness practices, there's these middle school bullshit feuds over minutiae that don't actually matter and they just create all this unnecessary tension it's like we're all just working out why has it got to be political <laughs> amen like hey can't, can't i just can't i just you know take a barbell and do a fuck ton of thrusters and then maybe i want to do kipping pull-ups fuck you why can't i how do how does me doing keeping pull-ups affect you and your strict pull-ups it doesn't <laughs> Yeah, 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 totally. And that that's true across the board. Just do whatever the fuck you want as long as it doesn't step on someone else's shit. Yeah, hell yeah. No, Off dude. the soapbox now. <laughs> no, no, I agree with you. I agree with you because, like, again, that's just another way that we can separate from one another. And, like, again, you take – you just look at things from a, a bigger scope and it's like, hey, we're all just trying to better ourselves. And then, like, if you want to go into some information about, like – heavy lifting all the time versus doing something that's a little bit more, you know, uh, parasympathetic, like how you were talking about going back and forth the po from powerlifting to using the mace and all that. And like, you know, um, changing shit up and doing things differently and talking about like the benefits of each. That's great. Like that's an energy and information exchange that's healthy and like without any attachment. And it's just like, we're giving off information so that we could learn. And then everybody else can learn, like you were saying earlier. Like, of course, we we mentor so that we can take in as much information and learn about ourselves as possible and about external information or, or what have you. So, like, yeah, it's like, what's what's our intention at the end of the day, right? What's our intention? Um, yeah, if, and if if in if in that it has to, there has to be some element. If while someone's doing that, if there's ever an element of having to put something else down, that's the first like indication you have that, Hey, you're, you're on, you're not on the right path. You're not on a healthy path because there's infinite abundance. So there's no need to put anyone else down. Totally. So like I, you have time, right? You have, you have, actually, oh, yeah. we've been talking for an hour. I just want to respect your time, but like, there's another couple of areas I'd like to go. It's like, you talk about that infinite amount of abundance, unconditional love, love without restriction. I mean, I get those sensations and messages from medicine journeys. Like I really feel those types of like oneness, these like connections of everything and unified feeling and kind of like time existing in a way that we can't really comprehend and understand. It's like, we perceive it super linearly and um, like, you know, we're born, we go through life, we age and go through time and then we die. But then I also get this like, crazy sensation on, on psychedelics that everything has already happened and all possibilities are there. Like we just have to let ourselves make things become available. And we do that by like working on ourselves inward, like in that inward journey. So like, do you have experience with psychedelics or like deep meditation or anything that gets you to feel those things really connected? No, I don't. I, I've only in the last like year and a half come around to any sort of drug use. Like it, I, I, I smoke a little bit of weed every now and then, but that's, that's as far as I've gone. And it's something I'm interested in exploring. Mm. Um, we just haven't really had 
the opportunity. And there's also certain things around like, well, probably a good idea to get, to get checked out before I embark on any sort of psychonaut Definitely. activity. Um, so it's, it's one of those things where like I've, it's like how um, I could totally, like, I don't disbelieve anyone who says they've had a, a supernatural experience where they've seen a ghost or something like that. So like, I can believe in that, but I haven't actually experienced it. So it's hard for me to actually understand what that's like. Mm. So um, stuff like, like what you just said with like all time having already happened and it's like all happening right now. I totally agree with that. Um, there's cool examples of that in a, in slaughterhouse five, a guy gets abducted by aliens and they're aliens who they perceive all time is happening at the same time. So when someone dies, they go, so it goes because they're alive somewhere else. Mm. Um, and I forget what there's a movie with Amy Adams and she's translating for, for aliens. And they, they too see all of time as happening at once. And uh, I would say it, it's, it, that is a thing where like, yes, I can totally understand, I can like mentally understand that, but or at least actually try to <laughs> actually embody it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing is like some of it, it's the same way as like, I'm not going to like look at a steel mace. I've never touched one before and immediately do a 360 just by watching a couple videos. Right. I got to right. actually like work up to it and understand it. Totally. Um, which is all, all stuff I'm interested in exploring there's i've got a lot more life to live definitely definitely uh so what about meditation have you ever gotten there with meditation or like what, what are some of the main things that are benefits that meditation has given for you if you practice because i mean obviously moving meditation is a thing too so it doesn't necessarily have to be the whole sitting down 10 minutes inhale exhale type jazz but what type of like uh i mean has that benefited you i guess mm -hmm. Yeah, I've I've dabbled in meditation. Um, well, I think eventually I um, I realized I just wasn't very good at it, and I wanted I'm in the process of I'd say that that that'd be inaccurate. I'm not in the process. I am. I would be interested in receiving some sort of coaching on that because it's like I've done Headspace. I've done. Uh, like, okay, I'll just try and sit there and listen to my breath. Um, but it's never the, the best I've gotten is feeling incredibly relaxed mm. when I'm done. And like I've done, um, float tanks yes. before. Yes. And what the, the biggest takeaway I've had from that is finding this, like z this zero state, like you, like you were saying with what Paul check said Yeah. and going, Oh, this is a, this is possible. This is a possible level of existence yeah. is this state. And I'm, you know, I'm facilitating it in some way, but this is also available to me at all times. Yeah. It's, it's tricky to, to find. And every now and then I find it, like I can find it in my physical practice sometimes. Um, and I, to me, I, I say like all of, I would say all of these things are, are different ways of finding that same sensation so that one day you can like be standing in Times Square, New York City and just go, ah, I'm totally at peace. Yes. Which is not a skill I have yet. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. No, I, I'm, I, and 
I'm glad that you brought that up because recently I'm having thoughts about asking people about meditation and what I'm experienced with it, even though like it's a non-negotiable for me in the morning, I wake up, I take a piss, I drink some water, I meditate, boom, right away. And like, I'm using those techniques that are being developed in the morning throughout my day. So like when things get crazy and thoughts, thoughts become or go astray, I bring it back. And like, it becomes my, re like it comes my present, becomes my reality and my moment and the way I try to switch things from chaotic to back to center or whole or connected or whatever it is. Like it's not easy to do. And it definitely takes a lot of conditioning and breaking of conditioning to achieve these states. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Like you achieve that in your day and it's, it's a hard skill to develop, but I do think vital for wellness, uh, you know, healing and creation. I really do think like, it's super helpful. And you know, like you said, like we, I, I need coaching with it. Like Dr. Joe Dispenza's books, Becoming Supernatural. And then uh, I'm reading the first book right now, Becoming, or You Are the Placebo. Like he talks. Yeah, I've read about, that one. Yeah, it's great, right? Like I'm in, ha almost halfway, halfway into it and it's great. Um, but like um, he talks about energy centers and chakras. Are you familiar with this, this type of work? A little bit, yeah. So like even that you're musically inclined, like there's a lot of, uh, relations to you know the seven chakra points do re mi fa sol la ti do uh the colors of the rainbow like uh think of our our chakras or think of our body and our chakra system as like a staff and notes on a scale right mm -hmm. like the the notes are infinite you can go all the way up to high c whatever and like humans hear a certain point and we stop after a certain frequency but that doesn't mean those higher frequencies aren't there still They're there. And same, yeah. thing, and same thing with going lower. And like we could align these zones or these energy centers or these chakra points and, 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 and like fix them because that's where like our energy goes through and sometimes it gets blocked. And like we could, uh, you know, essentially start to balance those centers and, and utilize those energy centers for what they're actually meant for. And, you know, each center has its own unique, uh, distribution of like how we experience reality and, and, and all that. But like, like when we become more aware of these types of measures and, and practice, like we can fine tune our instrument so that we could experience an infinite amount of frequencies and vibrations up this fabric of reality, whatever that the cosmos is made up of and reality is that we could experience. And also like what I say becomes available to us what type of information then becomes available the more fine-tuned we are. Am I making sense? Oh, yeah. And it's the idea that all that information is already there. Yeah. We just make it's it there. We, it's becoming aware of it. It's becoming available to us the more we really start to fine-tune our, our mental, physical, spiritual states of being. And this is why we're doing the work that we're doing, right? Like, what is there really to experience as a human? Like, how high can we become like Paul check is says he's clairvoyant and telepathic. Like there are some times where I have like, like vivid meditations in conscious states, conscious states where I see like energy, like intermingling and that ultimately what makes up reality. And when I get to that state and if everything's connected, how can I connect to Ben's mind? How can I connect to Paul check's mind? How can I check to, how can I like, tap into my client's mind and understand them a little bit more and really work with them on this energetic level. Is that possible? Mm. Right? These are the fucking thoughts I come across 
with this work that I'm doing. Another reason why I'm so excited to coach people and understand more about this stuff, man. And that stuff is totally possible because I had an experience with that fairly recently. So there's nice. a Wim Hof instructor named Brandon Powell. He's so good. He was doing, um, he's working on starting doing like remote breathing sessions. Mm -hmm. So he did a group one and he's there playing his drum, coaching us on, on our breath. And he was doing these chants. And as we were doing, I was lying down doing the breathing and I started to drift. Mm. And as soon as I did, I didn't even know where he was. I was just listening through the screen. As soon as I drift, he happened in his chant to meet to, to go. And that immediately pulled me back. But like whether or not he consciously knew there was a connection there where I started to drift. And that was exactly when he thought I'm going to do it, an especially loud chant to, to like bring people back. And then in the, in the conversation afterwards, someone else on the call was talking about the connection and going, yeah, you know, and consciousness is non-local. And that made so much sense uh, that like there was that connection there. And then too, with all this online stuff through the strong coach, through still mace flow, through what we're doing right now, mm -hmm. there's elements of like, we are connected mm -hmm. to the point where like I could show up at your gym and they'd be like, Oh yeah, we know each other already, mm -hmm. even though we've never actually physically met. And that's happened to me so many times. It was even weird. Uh, Cause we had the strong coach summit in August. It was weird to be there and see be in the same physical space as all of these people who I had not, who had only known through a screen before, but to still be connected with them yeah. and to still felt, feel like I knew them up here, even if my body didn't know them. Yeah, so for that, sure. that means like there's something else wherever it is. It could be sitting in here. It could be sitting here, up here. I don't know. Um, here, in here, being my head. That's where I was gesturing for the yeah, yeah. people listening. <laughs> um, like there is something there that's allowing us to have an actual connection, even though we're not sharing physical space. And it's more than just this screen that's connecting us and the internet. It's more totally. than that. Totally. Well, so I, I read this, I forget if it was in Michael Pollan's book or where the hell I got it from, but it's uh, so like neural networks, connective tissue, like fascia, connective tissue, the internet, uh, mycelium, dark matter, all have the things in common and maybe not so much dark matter because we don't really know shit about dark matter, but, uh, <laughs> but like all those other things like the internet, mycelium, connective tissue, neural networks, they're all ways to connect pieces of information to areas that aren't necessarily connected. Like for example, like me to you in, where are you? New York right now, San Diego, New Jersey right now, New Jersey. Right. So like from Chicago to New Jersey, boom, we're connected instantaneously. Like if, if there's a, an area that's, that's not, that doesn't have as much water because like the roots aren't as good of accepting water down in one tree, like mycelium from this part of the world will go, Hey, we need to go connect more nutrients to this part of the world. Like same thing with our connective tissue. If there's an issue with our fucking hip, like if we understand myofascial meridians, we can say, Oh shit, my shoulder's all jacked up and I need to fix my shoulder so that the hip can get fixed. Right. And I don't know if dark matter does that along those lines, but like it's this hyper aware connective fucking piece to the puzzle that 
I think there's like a similarity to consciousness and dark matter and the way everything's integrated. Does that make sense? Like oh it, yeah. It's, it's like, it it's just keeps on reforming. And it's the, it's the circle of life. Yeah. Cause you Crazy. can see that on, on so many different, uh, levels of yeah. even, um, I mean, from something as simple as there's a fire burns down all the trees, but the nutrients from those trees fertilize the ground and then a new forest blooms out of that totally or uh sand from the amazon getting blown across the ocean or sand from the sahara desert getting blown across the ocean to fertilize the amazon rainforest which then sends the rain to the andes mountains which watches new washes nutrients down off the andes mountains into the ocean where there are little plants in the ocean that form every other breath that we take and those plant those die and their bodies pile up and become land and yeah. that like that circular thing where everything depends on another thing and then everything is is very intricately yeah. connected where you can't really say which one is the start of it right but yeah like, the, like not to even mention the animals and how the animals are alive because of their environment and how like humans are alive because we feed off the animals in the particular area that you know what i'm saying like it's just this crazy continuous thing and like now we're coming back to this whole like God question. It's like, that's not a crazy self-organizing, loving intelligence. Like what the fuck is all this, man? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it's when, and what a lot of people, when they hear someone say that they picture the classic man in the sky right. thing, but like that was, that is just, that man in the sky thing is just a symbol right because we couldn't we couldn't come up with any other way to do it it's in here because you you exactly because you can't draw god no you can draw something that might represent god but even that is going to fall woefully short of of what that what that force actually is yeah it's just like unexplainable fucking unconditional loving force that's constantly like going always and it makes up the fabrics of the multiverse and then some like mm. i think at the end of the day that's what consciousness is like it's just that's what it is and like understanding the chakras and all the stuff that we're doing this flow you know turning our brain to parasympathetic not being attached to outcomes in the future not being attached to things in the past understanding and being aware of our preconceived conditioning and enforced things and our addictions and all that and like i said like energy flows us so pure that the creations that are supposed to be created are getting created and the things that you want to manifest are going to manifest like that's like what like what we're doing here having this conversation at the end of the day is like trying to uncover how this stuff works and how can this be practical now right and what are yeah. the tools what are these skills how can we keep impacting people how can we keep impacting each other and all this and in the it's cool, the, like the way you say that it ties in with as above, so below, because um, there's, I keep quoting Sapiens because it's one of the most mind-blowing yeah. books I've ever read. Well, like, you um, know, Kyle Kingsbury and, and uh, Aubrey Marcus and Joe Rogan, they talk about that book multiple times for sure. Oh my God, it's so good. <laughs> It'll change what you think it means to be a human. Because um, one thing he talks about there is the age of knowledge and the age of ignorance. Because if you look at maps, there's a period of time where map where when someone drew a map, they drew a map of the whole world. 
even though we had like the people drawing that map had not been to the whole world. And then there's a point in time where suddenly people started drawing maps with blank spaces. Like there, there's a map that shows all of Europe and Asia and then the East coast of the Americas. Cause they recognize, okay, we don't know what's over there. Mm. We know there's something, we don't know what the rest of it is. And it's that recognition of, Oh, we don't know that let's find out. And that's how, we then get this exploration of the whole world. That's how we get the exploration of space is we don't know that let's find out. And that's where all of this growth comes from. So then when you recognize the, the, the omnipotence and undefinableness of source, like, Oh, why well, I, I want to know. I want to know. I don't know. Let me find out. And what's cool is, in like in uh, in stoicism, there's this this character called the Stoic Sage, who's perfect. Never, like, always has emotions under control. Only ever does what's necessary. Lives a virtuous life, and no one will ever become the sage, because the sage is an ideal to strive for, and achieve excellence while you're striving for that perfection, even knowing you're never going to reach it. So, being in this age of of conscious of ignorance as far as consciousness goes can bring a lot because ultimately the there's no words to then say when you've made it when you actually understand you can just get closer and closer and closer and closer and closer knowing that you're never actually going to get there but in getting closer you still rise so incredibly far totally man like well said <clears throat> Yeah, fuck. And then we we can we can keep going in this like circular pattern and talk about like not to uh not to say a circular pattern because there's a mace reference there or anything. But like <laughs> but like yeah, we you know, like we can keep going and finding all these like uh similes and analogies and uh, you know, making this information more understandable and like, oh, wow, okay. So like we answer all the questions basically it's like again like going back to why we coach and why we're so passionate about it and what why it drives us like ultimately it brings us to those deep meaningful questions about the universe and consciousness and life and infinity and health and wellness and how to and, and time and space and space time and meditation and chakras and those energy centers whoa blah, blah, blah. psychedelics right and like you said something there that was really important you said like um you know, they, the map of the world and blank spaces and that's how everything kind of like came manifest. But now like we talk, like I know myself right now, I'm in this space of like unknown. Like I have goals, I have dreams and I don't necessarily know exactly what the road is, but I have things in place for things to unfold in infinite different amount of ways. And like, how can we teach people to be okay with living in unknown? Right. Mm. And like use those feelings of joy, gratitude, truth, passion, gratitude. I said gratitude, inspiration, love, essentially, and make things manifest that they initially want mm. or like don't even know they want, but keeps, you know, coming through them through creation and healing and this way of living. Right. As opposed to, well, I'm like, 
you know, like you talked about also climbing the second mountain. A lot of times people don't finish climbing the first mountain and have no realizations. Like, I'm going to keep being a lawyer even though I fucking hate the lifestyle, but it's making me money and it's like the way I'm fueling my family and there's no way I'm ever going to do anything different because this is all I know. This is all I'm conditioned to do. So, like, again, climbing the second fucking mountain is already a huge win because you realize the first one, like, no, I can't do it. It's not me. But not enough people have the balls to recognize that, they made a mistake. It's like, no, I'm going to keep doing this and beating the fucking dead horse and keep going until they're sick or to develop disease or something or something in their life gets completely thrown off. Like that's also connected too. So, um, yeah, it's a fun conversation to have. It's why I do the podcast, bro. <laughs> and what, what I love that you said that so many people need to hear is you've got goals and you don't know what the road is because that's being unreasonable. That's being unreasonable. It's, it's being unreasonable is jumping off the cliff and then figuring out how you're going to land. Yeah. Cause ultimately if, if you don't know where you're sailing, then no wind is favorable. And even if, if you have a destination, you can take any which way to get there. There's infinite ways to get there. You can't get anywhere though without the destination. So a lot of people, you know, they, they hedge their bets on their goals because they don't know how it's going to happen. How it's going to happen doesn't matter. Yeah. What matters is that if you don't make that, make that claim for yourself, that that's actually what you want, it's definitely not going to happen. Totally. Totally. Amen, brother. This was a fun podcast. Yeah, I had a great time. <laughs> this was good. We got to definitely do it again, Ben. Do me a favor okay. and uh, tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, how can they learn more about the Strong Coach and, and all that stuff? Sweet. So on Instagram, my name is built underscore by underscore Ben. Built by Ben. That's where I do most of my uh, marketing and outreach and showing off cool shit with the mace because yes. that's what we all do. That's what um, we do. And then like with that, if you want to, if any, for listeners, if any of this struck a chord with you, um, if you want to get into the mace, we're currently doing with steel mace flow. Um, we have an online certification and you can do that now with a coach. So if you're interested in working more with me, want to get into the steel mace, hit me up and we can work something out with that. And then with the strong coach, um, you can check it out at the strong coach on Instagram and then go to the strong book a call with Danny Rios and let him blow your fucking mind <laughs> and then hop on the rocket ship. Cause it is a really good time. Awesome, dude. That's, that's awesome. I, I really want to like learn more about the strong coach. I, there was a couple, like I did a couple DMS with somebody who does the strong coach Instagram. Would that be Dan? You said uh, that'd be Kim, Kim, Kimberly yeah, Kesting. Yeah, so I had a couple uh, chats back and forth um, just because I was doing a podcast with Leo Savage and he was speaking at the Strong Coach uh, thing in August. And, like, you know, I made the connections there first. But, yeah, it sounds like something I definitely want to get into um, mm. as far as, like, being a student and eventually, like, you know, maybe learning more about working as a Strong Coach coach and mentor and stuff like that because that's something mm. that I know sounds like up my alley. And, and here, an example of what, like exactly what you're talking about, how you can learn more is when I started the program, I, I had tunnel vision for, I want to coach a steel mace class and want one-on-one -on -one clients. That's it. 
And then through the program, when I started mentoring, I realized, oh, this remote thing, I'm actually pretty good at it and I enjoy it. And now my business is 80-20 remote and it's about to be 100% remote. Really? And that's not even something I would have considered if it weren't for the strong coach. Unbelievable. So I, I just started doing like way more online stuff. So like, I don't know, I was saying in the last, you know, three, four months, it's really starting to pick up online, but I wouldn't say that I'm, I'm more like 80% in, in building still and 20% online, maybe not even that much. So that's something I'm, I'm interested in learning more about as my, as I build more of my, my workshops. Cause I want to build like, I want to build global workshops. I want to have connections like this all over the country. I want to go to different places of the world, teach the maze, teach meditation, teach like chakra health and energy centers and breathing techniques and how we can intertwine this and make this more of like a crazy optimization type uh, connection to source type workshop. Like that's where my brain goes to. And mm. the more that builds, the more I would love to have an uh, online uh, work. You know what I'm saying? Cause I want to be all over the place working all over the world. I don't want to always just stay in Chicago. Right. And, and that's the cool thing is the, the way, the way it works. It's very similar. It's, it's cool. Cause like steel mace flow and the strong coach are very, are very synergistic. It's in the same way with, like what Steel Mace Flow is doing for the fitness industry, the strong coach is doing for the coaching industry, where a coach who has an unreasonable goal of worldwide workshops that encompass all these different things, you take you you take these tools that we teach you, and then that is what unlocks the door to creation mode, mm. and you're you're you know exactly how to like how to find the actions to take, how to make those actions as effective as possible. Like someone with your vision is exactly who the strong coach is trying to reach. Yeah. Which is, I mean, for any listeners, any listeners who have, if who have visions as big as what Danny just said, <laughs> that's exactly the kind of thing that we want to work with. Badass. And here's, here's the, the one the thing I'll say for everybody if you've got unreasonable shit like that, write it down. Yeah, write it down. And just yeah. watch what happens. For sure. It, it seems it seems right insignificant, but you write it down. You give that goal a physical existence. It exists now. And the, the universe is going to take note. Yeah, well, if everything is infinite and there's an infinite amount of possibilities, like Joe Dispenza talks about that, you know, connecting to the unified field where, like, my global workshops exist, you know? Like, that exists and already, and I, I try to wake up thinking, and sometimes I do this shit, dude. Sometimes I smoke a little weed. I'll wake up and I'll like walk into my gym and be like, okay, well, I already did like three or four different certification classes or, or workshops already. And I was in this part of the world and I start to force myself to feel like what it would be like coming home from that event, you know? So that yeah. I just like my, my body feels like it's already doing it so that like, you know, it's, I'm there already, you know, and then it's going to actually manifest eventually, you know, as I start and that's, to go there. To, to aid in that, we use mantras where you come up with your goal. Then you, we talk about who you have to be to achieve that goal. And then we use a mantra to shape your identity, to be the kind of person who achieves that goal. Yeah. Definitely. So it's exactly what you're saying. It's putting, putting, uh, I guess more, more of a system 
to that what Joe Dispenza talks about where yeah. you're like being grateful for something as if it's already happened. Definitely, definitely. Because that's real shit, bro. That's mm -hmm. real. Hey, I had a really good time talking to you, Ben. This was really fun. Yeah, likewise, Danny. It was a good time. Cool. Um, I'm thankful for Fred and Steel Mace Nation for making the connection. He's a really good dude. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you for sharing all your knowledge and everything. And uh, I really look forward to chatting in the future. Uh, I'll get this podcast out. It's probably going to be a little bit because I got like four of them that I have to release beforehand. Maybe I'll have like a week where I launch three in a row and I get really fucking creative. Um, but uh, until then, man, we'll cross paths soon. Okay. Absolutely. All right, brother. And that was the podcast, everybody. I hope that you enjoyed this one. It was a fun conversation for me, like I said. You know, I think it's very important to ponder the mysteries of consciousness. It's, I think it's healthy as fuck because then we ponder and question what our truths are and how we go about feeling uh, stillness, feeling whole, feeling connection, feeling as creative as can be. I think it's extremely... Um, it's a fun feeling. It's an exciting feeling to uh, get creative and have good ideas and use these systems like Ben's talking about, writing stuff down and doing breathing work and doing, uh, you know, creative movement flows and and all this stuff. I think it's it's, it's a vital, it's an extremely important part to uh, wellness and growth and development, really evolving, evolving consciousness, evolving a conscious collectively so that we can create a... Uh, better physical realm for the next generations to come. I think it's extremely important to think along these lines and not so, not so like right now for us because we need it to live, you know, I think, uh, I think we all can do a little work about that. You know, that's why I put this podcast out. That's why I do this type of stuff and kind of create awareness to those types of things. So that being said, if you like what you heard today, make sure to uh, review and rate the podcast, share it with somebody that you love, and let's get out a good message about wellness and development and growth and all that stuff, all that good stuff. Follow me on Instagram at Danny Cole Fitness. We'll connect there. And if you're interested in a Steel Mace 101 workshop, the next one will be December 21st at Forza Training in Oaklawn, Illinois. It'll start at 10 a.m. You can check the link in the show notes and I'll take you straight there. So that being said, everybody, I said that already. Have a good day. Have a good uh, whatever. And let's connect soon. All the love. Peace.